Hey, today's Friday, October the 16th, and this is Battleground. Uh, we have, as usual, our, uh, our special guest, our friend, Robert Arce, a, uh, a living legend, man, somebody uh, that has been in, in law enforcement for a long time, understands law enforcement, all the challenges, uh, has been all the way up into narcotics, gets it uh, domestically, internationally. Um, we were just talking a little bit about human trafficking. Uh, hey, Robert, welcome to the show, man. It's always a pleasure. Thanks for having me on, Ivan. Absolutely, man. Hey, so, you know, we were talking a little bit about, uh, uh, you know, a little offline about the uh, Amy Barrett hearings. And, wow, she's just something else. And she, she should, she's like, she's a role model. She should be a role model for every single girl and woman out there. Just absolutely amazing, huh? Just totally impressed. It was brilliant. Uh, uh, I started watching, thought I was going to watch for 10 minutes, ended up watching for several hours. Yeah. Really impressed by her, her composure. Wow. You know, I was looking at some of the comparisons between, you know, uh, Gorsuch and, and, and Kavanaugh and the amount of papers and notes and everything they had to reference stuff with. And she just had a blank notepad in front of her. Yeah. She is just so smart. She was so composed, like you said. Um, she didn't lose her cool at all. Um, she's just a really smart woman, isn't she? Yes. You know, and the way I, I, I talked to some buddies about this, I, as a cop, I've done uh, a lot of trials, some trials against multiple defendants where you have three, four, five defense attorneys are going to get a crack at you. It's stressful. Even though you know your case, you know, they're going to try and trip you up and you're sometimes uh, a week, a week and a half, you're on the stand and they're going to come after you with guns a blazing. And she knew that. She knew they were going to come after her. And yet she's on national television in front of her family. I'm like, uh, it looks, they didn't rattle her. She, she, was, uh, she held her ground. And, you know, when you have truth on your side and your convictions, you know, you, you know they're going to attack her on her beliefs. And we've gone away from the question should be, are you, is she qualified to be a, a Supreme Court justice? And they, yeah, they I don't think that's that a question anymore, it. right? I don't think nope. that's a question. It's a political anymore. question now. Yeah. It's all it is. It's just a political question now. Yeah, and it was it was very weird, right? Uh, the, the the amount of questions that they that, that they kept on asking were all these hypotheticals. Well, well how are you going to rule on this? How are you going to rule on that? And, you know, she just kept on stumping back and saying, "Well, you know, the, the Ginsburg rule, right? I'm not going right. to uh, answer any hypotheticals. I'm not going to answer on any cases that might, you know, come before me." So. You know, it, and they just kept on insisting in the drama. And it was, you know, it was almost like one of those uh, Mexican telenovelas, right? Yes, yes. And yet the same people that are trying to tr continually asking her the same question, you know, well, why can't you answer this question? Well, why don't they turn that over to uh, Joe Biden? And why don't you tell us some of the questions that you're refusing to answer until after the election? Yeah. Because uh, yeah. they're not holding him to the same standard. No. And you know what? The whole Hunter Biden thing that came out, right, um, yes. in the New York Post. And you have Twitter and Facebook, you know, censoring conservatives, killing that link, making sure that story doesn't get out there. You know, that, that's that's despicable. That's that's absolutely heinous. I mean, these guys are no longer in the closet. They're full on out for Joe Biden, for the Democrats. 
And, uh, you know, and, and, and I hope the FCC does something about it because um, it's no longer media, right? It is no right. longer media. It's, no, it's, it's the armed wing. It's like the armed propaganda wing of the DNC is what they are. And you're watching what they're doing and uh, over cigars, talking to some buddies. We get together, I belong to a cigar group. And we're saying if Fidel Castro was alive today, he would be blushing with envy of how the media works for, uh, you know, their preferred political party. I mean, uh, it's, it's embarrassing what they're doing. And then some of the, some of the excuses. And then, you know, I have, we all have liberal friends. And I talked to some of my liberal friends, and they defend this. And I said, listen, you, imagine the, the shoe being on the other foot, it being the other way. This should, you should be outraged that this is happening. This should not be happening regardless it benefits the party that you follow because of your political ideology. This, this should not be happening in our country. And uh, you should not, you know, look the other way or tell me that, well, if you don't like Twitter, if you don't like Facebook or social media, just don't, don't use it. Uh, you don't understand. This is a, uh, a, a, a form of communication that they're using to help uh, help change election results to, hey, do you to think, interfere do you with think election. People, do you think regular people notice that? Well, I think most normal people that don't really have, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of the people that maybe will watch 10 minutes of a headline news. They turn on the news for 10 minutes. They watch a headline while they're having dinner or, or in passing. And really what they do, those are the people that are easy to influence because they're hearing, uh, they're hearing the, the, the talking points, the bullet right. points that that news agency or media wants you to hear. And people, I think a lot of people do, do not realize how they can shape public opinion. Right. And uh, they just don't, they don't realize that. And then, you know, I, you know, you have, I have my liberal friends that will say, well, I do my fact checking. Well, if your fact checking is only done by looking at left of center, you know, uh, we're talking about the well, you know, the, the, other, the other thing is, Robert, I mean, you know, they only fact check Republicans, right? They never right. fact check liberals. I mean, right. that, that, that's a problem to begin with, right? Um, you know, all the debates are like, oh, yeah, you're screaming and yelling that they're fact checking Trump. And I was like, where the fact checks on Biden? Right. None. No, of course. None. 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 You know, they, uh, you know, they're saying that they were withholding the link because, you know, they needed to, to fact check it, to proof it. Well, they didn't. They didn't fact check or proof uh, anything to run with a story in the New York Times and propagate it all over the planet about Trump's taxes, right? Right. Um, they didn't fact check it. As a matter of fact, they didn't fact check the uh, Steele dossier, right? The only the only yeah. thing they, they ran it against was a Yahoo News article, right? No. So you know, so so these people are completely dishonest, right? They're dishonest. They're they're borderline criminals. Um, they, they, their only mission is to destroy this country, and it's sad. You know, it's absolutely sad. You know, totally, totally. They don't fact check. And then what they do is they'll get uh, uh, obviously there's different double standards that they'll use with like this information that came out when the New York Post story came out. I read it and I went to share it on Twitter. And it, of course, it blocks me. Right. It, blocked. it, it starts it blocking. And I was like, I, th I thought my computer had been hacked. Right. I thought that well, maybe there's something wrong. Maybe uh, maybe I shouldn't have answered that uh, chain letter from the Nigerian prince. That, that's right. You <laughs> yeah, know, that's hey, I, I mean, hey, it's, it's, it's a lot of money. So you got to you got to take that risk, right? Yes. You got to yes. take that risk. So we'll see. But, you know, um, I, I wanted to, you know, touch something on a little bit of humor um, on your Twitter handle. Right. Uh, just so people understand. What, what's your Twitter handle again? 
Well, my my Twitter handle I just changed yesterday. Is... No, no, no. But what? No, but what, what's the actual handle? I know you changed the name, but oh, okay, okay. My my uh, the handle like... is is Hunter Biden's uh, uh, crack dealer. Yeah, no, no, that's a, yeah, that's the <laughs> name that you put. But uh, yeah, your handle I think is Robert Arce, right? Yes, Robert Arce. Robert, Robert, Robert R. It's Robert R. Arce. So my middle Robert, my middle initial R, then Arce. Okay, there it is. It's Robert. R R C. Yep. So you changed your name on Twitter to Hunter Biden's crack dealer. Um, dude, I, I thought that was classic. That, that was absolutely hilarious. Um, you know, um, I, I think I'm going to change mine for the weekend too. And uh, I'm, I'm going to say uh, Hunter Biden's backup crack dealer. I don't want to be mistaken for his meth dealer. I'm just a crack dealer. That's right. You know? <laughs> Dude, what in the hell is wrong with that family or that guy? I mean, that guy is just, uh, dude, he's, he, he's crazy and he's deviant. He got kicked out of the, the, the Navy, you know, for, for being on Coke. Um, he smokes crack with hookers. He got a hooker pregnant. He's got a love child with a, with a stripper. He, uh, you know, he goes after his uh, his 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 brother's widow, uh, man. Yeah, yeah. And and that's a story of this guy. And then somehow he ends up, you know, raising one point five billion from China and millions of dollars out of Ukraine. And the timeline, like you've seen, and and everybody has seen, and the and, and and the media's blocking it. And not not one mention of that question on any, you know, to Joe Biden anywhere during the last three days. Nobody has asked that question. That's disgusting. You know, when you look at the first email, right? Hey, can you use your influence to help us here? And then afterwards, the second email, hey, thanks for setting that meeting up with your dad. And then later that year, Joe Biden threatening to withhold $1 billion if they don't fire that uh, prosecutor. Uh, you know, hey, uh, that, that, that's more proof than all the crap that they pulled to try and impeach President Trump, right? Right, um, right. It, it's, dude, these people are just heinous heinous people they're so dishonest they hate this country they want to see it destroyed they're open socialists and they hate capitalists right capitalism right. so it, man I, I i you know we were talking a little bit about you know uh robert about you know a a, a, a an electoral shift that might might be happening right now and we'll see it at this election I'm hoping that it's that it's there. I'm seeing it. You were telling me about it as well. You're seeing a big move with the uh, Hispanic, the Latino community. I see that as well, and uh, I see it with the blacks too, right? I just see it, uh, you know, just not as not as hard, but I see it. You know, we have we had Ice Cube, we had you know a whole a whole bunch of people that are coming out that that are black and openly, you know, very enthusiastically supporting this president. When in the past nobody was doing that, everybody was afraid to do that, right? And and now they're doing it. Hispanics, man, they're they're crushing it, right? They're crushing right, it. Right, right. We're saying it even in in my family. It's kind of funny. We have a uh, a cousin, a younger cousin that uh, my son, my son, you know, my, my both my kids, hardcore conservatives, and my son says, "Hey, you got to see the primos, uh, his his uh, his Instagram account. He's hardcore with on our side now, and that he wasn't that. And I, but I think a lot of it is that." Uh, even with a lot of my peers, people I grew up, I'm starting to uh, talk to them and I'm really surprised that a lot of them that uh, I would never thought that they would be uh, conservative. Their, their, their political uh, beliefs would become conservative. But I think when you become an adult, you start having children, grandchildren, 
you you see the world through a different lens. Uh, you see the world through a different lens, and then what happens? Your your beliefs should become more for the future, and not making your your thoughts be uh, uh, constructed due to th- your feelings. You know, oh well, he hurt my feelings. Oh, he said this, and he hurt my feelings. Look at the results. Don't look at don't look at anybody's Twitter or what somebody else is telling you. Let's look at the results. Look at how the economy was before. And us as cops, I mean, my cop colleagues, guys that are cops, the the left does not support us. They do not. I mean, Joe Biden just last night's talking about uh, cops need to start shooting violent criminals in the leg. It's absurd. Is this guy a moron? A Robert. total moron. Just a total moron. I, I see that, and I, I still can't believe how a cop... Is, is he dangerous for law enforcement? The, the, he's all part of this defund the police, demonize the police, and the thing is, as cops, we work the street, we see it. You know, the biggest problem with the crime are broken families. You see the broken families, <clears> it's not a... And if, you know, sometimes if you say, there's not a strong male model, then someone's going to say, hey, how dare you say that? Hey, listen, I, I, didn't, I lost both my parents by the time I was 10 years old. But my family did what a family should do. Yeah, they pick up the pieces. The aunts and uncles formed a protective circle around us and did what a family should do. That's right. Everybody stepped up to the plate and did their job to make sure that me and my, bro- my siblings had the, the, the guidance and the protection and the role models that we needed. Yeah. Not every family has that. Yeah. And so what happens to families that don't have that, then you start having, you know, violent criminal behavior. They get sucked up by gangs. They get sucked up by drugs. And then, of course, blame the cops. It's your, right. it's your fault. But is he dangerous for law enforcement? And, and I ask that not, not, to be a, not, not to be sarcastic. I ask that, seriously ask that, because this, guy's gonna be, this guy could be president. And, and if that's his thought process... This guy, you know, with the whole defund the police, this whole thing about using deadly force, th- they could possibly go to that point where say, well, you're not allowed to shoot anybody above the le- above the legs or above the knee or above the hips, you know, and, and that's a very dangerous situation, right? Well, uh, for example, if hypothetical, if he becomes president, you know, which could be, it could happen if we don't go out and that's vote. Right. That's right. Becomes president, he'll point a radical attorney general. Yep. Yeah, we'll have an attorney general just like we did under the Obama years. That's right. Not a friend of law enforcement. And then what happens is, and there's a push, that guy, they start appointing all their U.S. attorneys because every every president comes in and they do a wholesale cha- uh, switchover of U.S. attorneys. They put in U.S. attorneys that have a political ideology or are friends, you know, a lot of times they're favors. So guys... You get all the U.S. attorneys across the U.S., and if they're pushing that same ideology, you're going to start having criminal charges against cops who are getting in shootings because you shouldn't have shot him. He was throwing a brick at you, but you still shouldn't have shot him. Uh, he was coming at you with a knife. You shouldn't have shot him. You know, that's, that, and that's what I'm talking about, right? So yes, if, if they sit there and say, hey, you know what, you're, you, you, you know, th- there are some countries, I'm telling you, that, that have these crazy laws. Mexico uh, is one and, of them. Yeah, Peru is another one, right? Yes. And, uh, and and I remember that, you know, somebody can come after you with a knife and you can't shoot them. Right. And and I think it's one of the stupidest laws in the world. Yes. Um, you know, thank God we don't have that here. But that's the direction they want to go, right? 
So now you're going to have to have a, a, a cop, you know, you have this crackhead or this criminal coming after him with a gun, with, with a knife, and he can't use his gun. No, you uh, get, then you're going to get people killed. Officers will get killed. Uh, it just will create, this is what a lot of people don't understand. If a cop feels he's, you know, he has the uh, support of his department, he's going to go out. I mean, it, to me, it never, it never made a difference to me. I was going to go out and do whatever my job was. But you got to be proactive. You're right. proactive. You're making traffic stops. You're looking for gangsters with guns. You know, you're trying to take, if, if you have a violent person, if the only way you can get them is with drugs, you get them with drugs, you take a violent, because you always hear this thing is, well, nonviolent drug offenses. Well, sometimes we arrest somebody for a drug offense just because we got them with drug offenses doesn't make them nonviolent because right. we have his criminal history. He's committed violence and we might get him with a stolen car. We might get him with something else. Right. But you have to be proactive. If you well, you might know this guy is, you know, th this guy is, is a violent criminal. You just yes. can't prove it, right? You, right. You, you don't have the evidence, but you know it is a known fact on the street that this guy has whacked a couple of guys or whatever, right? Uh, you, you just don't have the evidence, but it's a known fact about this, you know. <laughs> Let me give an example. I'll give an example. You have career criminal squads. In a career criminal squad, Phoenix PD got rid of it. They had a very good career criminal squad that would uh, gather intel, gather information on the most violent criminals we had, and we know they were out on the street. They had just got out of prison, but you know, there's we need to get them off the street. So you have a team that would follow them, looking for them to do a shoplifting, because they they do these organized boosting where they go into stores and they do mass uh, alcohol, cigarettes, or whatever. They're stealing, yeah. but maybe yeah. breaking into a car. So you get them for that, at least to get them off the street temporarily. But uh, you know that, the, that, that they have a very violent history, and you got to be proactive just to get them off the street, enhance sentencing because they're priors, yet people sometimes will start, well, you guys got them for doing this. No, but he is, he is from the Mexican mafia prison gang. He is from this gang over here that is very violent, and he's a leader. He's a shot caller. We need to get him off the street. Right. But... Uh, if you uh, go after law enforcement the way they're talking, it's going to discourage officers from being proactive. And if you're not proactive, you're reactive, and all you're doing is responding to crimes after they happen. Hey, Robert, you know, so we hear some of the data out there, right? Um, mm -hmm. Never in, in the history of our country have there been more cops uh, filing retirement. Leaving the, leaving the force. We know 75%. Uh, we know applications to become a cop are down 75%. Right. Um, what's the future of law enforcement? It's, it's a scary future. I think there will always be people that will answer the call and serve regardless of who's a president. But I would not want to be uh, a cop during this era that we're <clears> looking at right now. It would be very uh, scary. I have a lot of my friends are retiring. And the thing is, is that it's going to be, if you cannot hire police officers, you will have to lower your standards. You lower your standards, then you start getting things that have happened in cities traditionally that have done that, where they try to, like, we need to bring in more minorities. Don't lower the standards. Just bring in the best people you can. Uh, maybe raise the pay, and you'll get better uh, quality of uh, applicants. But if you start lowering the standards, it's a recipe for disaster with corruption and uh, people that, that, probably should not be cops. And the 
it's a scary time right now. I'm t- uh, I know a lot of a lot of people, uh, even here at Phoenix PD. I talk to them daily. I'm very active with them. I'm helping teach an undercover school on Monday this following week. I'm still active with that uh, with some old undercover partners. But uh, it's morale. Morale can be really bad at times because uh, it's it's not like it used to be. And uh, cops are being demonized, including by our politicians here in Phoenix. We got a radical mayor. Uh, we got several city council members that I have no idea how they got on the board. And they're trying to form this uh, group of to help uh, to help remodel the police department. To the, there's a panel that they're recommending a guy to this panel that has been arrested for assaulting cops, and he's supposed to be part of this group they're trying to put together that uh, are supposed to be looking at how to change our police department. You know, people that are very militant, anti-police, and they're being nominated to be part of this panel. It's, it's insane. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, would you let your, your son be a, be a police officer today? I mean, would yeah. you encourage him to be in law enforcement or would you tell him to go do something else? Well, when my son hit that point, he got out of the Marine Corps, he did combat deployment and uh, saw some some fighting. And uh, so what happened was he did the Miami, uh, he did the police academy out in Miami. Oh, cool. And all of a sudden he started thinking is like, you know what? I already fought my wars. I think I want a normal life. I remember you're never home at night. We worried about you all the time. And I think I want a normal life. And instead he moved back to San Diego. Uh, and he's in San Diego now. And he got a regular nine to five job. And he sometimes says he wish he would have done it, but he's seeing what's going on too right now. Yeah. And uh, he's like, but I think the, the thing that, that happened with him, he said, I always felt like I, was, I had to be a cop because you were one. And I told him, you know what, if that's what you want to do, do it, but don't do it because of me. And eventually he said, yeah, dad, I, I fought my wars. I want a normal life for, for my girls and uh, I, he did it, and he's he went into it in the private sector, so yeah. he's happy. That's great, man. I mean, yeah. that's you gotta you gotta go with whatever your calling is, right? So, yes. I mean, if 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 you you know you don't have that fire in the belly, you don't have that fire in the belly, right? So right. it is it is what it is. But you know, Robert, Robert, you know, I I, I asked you this, you know, uh, a few minutes ago, like, what is the future of law enforcement? And and when I asked you that, you know, you, you gave me an answer. Um, I wanted to kind of deep dive into that a little bit more because, you know, we talked about, you know, where you expand, you know, or, or lower the standards, lower the bar to try and just get anybody in there, right. Just to fill seats. Um, obviously the corruption piece and the corruption piece becomes really big, especially with all the money that the cartels and the drugs, you know, and, and, and organized crime have, right. Right. Um, you, you've been in that game, you know, pretty knee deep, right. Or, or, or waist deep or chest deep. Right. Yes. Um, yes. how real is that? Right. Cause there's a lot of money. Right. And, and I'm, I'm not asking you to disclose any names or anything, but you see corruption, right. You see people getting bought. Yeah. And, 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 uh, even with my agency, I think the good thing that we have, I, I think if you, our agency pays well. Bigger, a lot of the bigger departments pay, pay well, yeah. and you have a good retirement system, so people are not going to risk uh, losing their pension. 
doing something stupid. You, you know, we had a couple of uh, cases where people strayed and they got ripped. You know, they got they got they got turned in and or they left. They got fired. Some got prosecuted. But and I, what, what what and what level of, of corruption did you did you see? No, the, you know, the either of either in your department or anywhere else in the country, right? I mean, oh. no known cases. I mean, what is the risk? That's that's kind of. I guess that's my question, right? What, right. what 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 happens? What is out there? Are drug dealers buying cops? Are, are organized crime buying officers in different areas? I mean, is is the shit we see on TV or in movies real? Yes. If you can if you can go into some of that, I, I guess that's really what my question is, right? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, okay. So, well, obviously, what we've seen nationwide, there's been cases where, uh, especially at the federal level, some of the federal uh, level officers have been corrupted. And we're working uh, with uh, criminals involved in the drug trade. A lot of it has happened. You've seen some that happens along our borders. A lot of the border police don't make, the smaller agencies don't make a lot of money. They're easy targets. And I think what happens a lot along the border, what we've seen like in Texas, we've seen some in Arizona, where you grow up in a border town. You're friends with these people. You know, you become a cop, your buddy that you grew up with, your compadre becomes a drug dealer. And all of a sudden, there's a, there's, there might even be a family connection. So it's, it's a lot easier for that to happen with, with those type of relationships. We've seen it, like I said, a lot in Texas. Uh, we've seen some cases happen here in Arizona uh, where you have officers get involved in some of these uh, uh, relationships with drug dealers. But, I mean, as a whole, to see uh, organized crime paying off someone that they really don't know, personally didn't see that or maybe not read too much of that uh, maybe i missed it but uh it's real the, the when there's a lot of money involved there's a lot of money it's easy to uh to make it enticing to someone with uh especially if there's already an established relationship like a family relationship or your friend and neighbor like here here in phoenix i grew up in phoenix i worked in the undercover world i knew criminals I knew a lot of criminals. I grew up with a lot of criminals. I trick-or-treated with them as kids. Wow. My mother went to school with, her, with them. I did wiretaps where I was listening to, to people I grew up with doing wow. drug deals. That's I amazing. was listening to their kids uh, doing, uh, in one case, there was a son of a guy I grew up with I used to trick-or-treat with. And he went, when I was in a police academy, he got in a shootout with the police when I was, when I was just hitting the street. His buddy got shot and killed by a guy that later became my partner. Well, the guy that got shot and killed, I went to grade school with. His, the other guy was shot and wounded. He goes to prison for almost 20 years, but he had a, his girlfriend was pregnant at the time, so he leaves a little son. And when I'm working a walking in the housing projects, I used to see this little kid because I knew his dad. Well, that little kid grows up to be a enforcer and a killer for the Mexican mafia prison gang. Wow. And now we're doing wiretaps on that group and we get a capital murder case against the son. Oh At the same God. time, I have a son and I'm getting home from doing a wiretap and I peek in my son's room and I'm thinking, my son gets in trouble for forgetting to throw out the garbage and my peer's son is killing people. But see, that goes back to what we talked about. I had a family unit that circled the wagon for us, support and protective circle around us. This guy came from a very abusive family and they went the other direction so right. it's it's uh i knew these guys i knew i knew a lot of them uh but 
There wasn't, I mean, I never got bribed. Uh, maybe a well, you know, But you know people that got bribed, right? Yes, yes. And then people taken get, bribes. Yeah, people will, will, will get, uh, get bribed nationally. I know it's happened nationally where people are getting on the take, especially also, like I said, I mentioned a border. A lot of the cartels will bribe border people, border patrol uh, types <clears throat> uh, that are working down south to let loads go by and eventually they'll get caught. Uh, this happens. And I would imagine that's got to be huge money, right? Yeah, you would think. But a lot of it is, uh, you know, if somebody is having financial problems, maybe you don't need to uh, bribe them by so much money. Uh, so it's, I think every case would be different. Every case would be different with what's happening. But you've, we've seen cases here where uh, Border Patrol agents down south uh, on duty, in their, in their duty vehicle, are going up and picking up drug loads. And, Holy crap. And, uh, I have border patrol agents that I've talked to and uh, seen the story in the media releases and talked to them about it. And it's, uh, it's something that, you know, people will succumb to that pressure, I guess, for the money. That's insane, man. Yeah. That is absolutely crazy. I, you know, it's, um, the 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 bribing I, I don't know if you remember but years ago in south florida you yes. know there there was a big case about these you know these officers that were running they were running drugs for for some uh for you know for some organized criminals right and they were just running them in the trunk of their cars yes and they've been do, and they've been doing it for years and i don't know i can't remember the details but they got they got busted they got arrested what happens to those guys in prison because they're cops, I would imagine that they're probably not well received, right? right? Or, or, or are they, or are they pretty much safe since they got they got busted and now they're in? No, they they get the most of them will get uh, they'll change their identities or change their names and they'll get uh, protective custody if uh, if they're in danger. With any prisoner, if you think they're in danger, the the the, uh, the facility has to put them. The system has to put them in a protective custody uh, type. Uh, setting otherwise if they get killed and you knew that they were in danger then you're going to get sued wow. so the uh, I know that in, in my case we did a couple of investigations uh, in Phoenix they had a public corruption squad that would do criminal investigations on police officers or city employees I helped out with two of them and in one of them we sent a Phoenix officer to jail he went to prison Wow. so I know they sent him to a prison out of state uh, I just helped out with the investigation, and uh, I heard he did his time and got out. And from what I heard, he had no problems. But I don't know if they changed his name, uh, but they did send him out of state. Wow. And yeah, I think that would not be uh, that would not be fun. Yeah, we got to get we got to get the president reelected, man, because you know all the, all this uh, all these stories and everything we're seeing with law enforcement and the direction that it's going. If uh, if he doesn't win, is looking really really bleak and really really sad and really really dangerous for law enforcement. And dangerous for, for American citizens, right? Because if we don't have qualified law enforcement on the streets to protect us, then it's going to end up being every man for themselves, right? Right. And, what happened, uh, going back to the Florida case, on that Florida case, what they were doing, not only were they running drugs, they were doing drug rips. They were ripping off drug loads. That's right. And in one case, they that's threw some guy right. off a bridge. They that's threw him into a river right. and he drowned. He that's killed the guy. That's right. I forgot that's... about that. They're ripping dealers off. I yes. forgot about that. There was, there was a case in L.A., uh, an L.A. NARC team that was uh, making so much money that I think one of the guys bought a helicopter. 
So they could fly to Lake Havasu and they had like a boat on Lake Powell or somewhere. Oh my and God. Yeah, I was like, they were breaking in some money and yet there were all kinds of signs that these guys are driving high dollar cars and nobody thought anything of it. So, yeah. They, and, they, and that's what I'm saying, right? I mean, it's so easy to, to, to bribe somebody because of the amount of money that's involved, right? Right. Um, so, so you can't really lower the bar, right? I mean, no. it's, it would be a terrible mistake to lower the bar and you know, I think the bar, you know, on, on the contrary, maybe maybe even raise it and, and like you said, raise the pay, right? Yeah, raise the pay. You know, what happened in the Miami case, if I remember right, they lowered the bar to bring in, uh, who knows? And I think if I, re I don't remember, but I think the specifics were that one or two of the guys that were involved were former Marialitos yeah. that got involved yeah. in that case. That's and, right. And, and, and that's you knew that was going to happen. I can't, I can't remember if there was the county PD or if it was Hialeah, but but I remember it was down in, down in Miami. And, uh, and, and when I, I remember, God, I can't remember. It was so long ago. I think it was the 90s or, or early 2000s when that happened. I can't, I can't remember. Late 80s, I think. I was in Narcs. I was working narcotics out of Phoenix PD when it happened. I think it was like in the late 80s or something, yeah. I remember yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, you're probably yeah. right. It's good. Geez, time flies. But yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, it, it, it's crazy, man. How are you seeing the, uh, how are you seeing the Hispanics uh, that, that, that you deal with, that you talk to on a regular basis, your friends around the country or in Arizona? How, how do you see that going? Are, are they swaying the Trump? Are they stuck on Biden? Are they uh, going hard or left on this one? I, I, I am seeing a movement towards Trump. And like I said, it's a little surprising because I think here in Phoenix, uh, primarily everybody here is uh, uh, Mexican-American. They're, they're Mexican background. But a lot of them have really no connection to Mexico anymore. Their families have been here for so long. A lot of them don't even speak Spanish anymore. Mm. But they're stuck. Many of them are stuck on this. You have to be a Democrat because your parents told you because the Democrat party's for the raza, they're for us. Right. And yet they're like, you know, come on, look at what you, you believe in and, and do some investigating and see what the Democrat party is pushing. It's not the same Democrat party that our parents grew up with and our grandparents. It's a you, they would not even recognize it anymore. No, the Democrat no. party would not be recognized anymore. So, but I am seeing a shift. I'm seeing a shift of a lot of my peers, a lot of people I grew up with, and I hope it's a national shift. You know, we're, we we, we got to hope it's a national shift and um, uh, Trump can pull this out. Yeah, I think it is, man. I think it is. I've seen the same thing. I've seen a lot, a lot of movement from a lot of people that hated Trump. A right. lot of Latinos that just hated Trump. In 2016, they could not deal with him at all. Uh, they thought he was a racist and a, you know, xenophobe and, you know, anti-Latino and all this crap that they're fed. And, you know, you, you talk to these same people now and, uh, you know, they're, they're all supporting Trump. And, yes. and, and especially a lot of the, uh, a lot of the South American Latinos, right? Um, Cause they've seen what socialism does. Yes. They've seen what socialism is and, you know, and, and they're out there pushing, man. They're sitting there going, no way, no way, no way. And, you know, uh, you know, like, what did they say? You know, el perfecto estupido latinoamericano, right? The perfect yeah. uh, Latin, the stupid Latin American that, uh, you know, flees, flees from, flees from their country because of socialism, comes to the United States and then votes for the freaking Democrats, right? right. Um, and, and that's just a reality, right? It's a, it's a perfect, stupid Latin American, you know, that, that, that is doing that. And, 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 and they were really being a big shift, right? Because, 
you know, the Cuban Americans have really always been Republican. The Mexicans were bad, right? The Mexicans are like, you know, uh, very, 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 you know, to the Democratic side. But the uh, Latin Americans, you know, in, in, in the past were or tended to be, you know, in the middle or, or Republican. And then they had that shift with Obama where they all went and voted for Obama. You yes. know, and, uh, and I think that's going to change. I think there's a big, big shift coming and, and I just hope it happens. But, uh, so but, do but I. you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens, man. Anyways, brother, I appreciate you like always. And uh, and I know you're on Facebook now, right? Yeah, I just uh, went on to Facebook. I don't know if I'm going to be there long, but I just went on. I wanted to monitor what was going on. Yeah. So I went on to Facebook uh, a couple of weeks ago to see what my people that I grew up with, my high school buddies, people I played sports with, and a lot of my cop friends are doing. And uh, after the election, I might get back out. But I'm on there. If they want to find me, I'm under my name. All right. So you're, so you're definitely open to connecting with others on Facebook as well, huh? For sure. For sure. All right, brother man, I appreciate you as always. And everybody, have a great weekend. Make sure you get out there, vote for Trump, talk to your neighbors, families. And if you can vote early, vote early. And if you can vote often, do that again, because the Democrats do. (laughs) For sure. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) It's true, man. You know they're they're getting, you know, they're going to have a good amount of dead people voting, right? So Yes. Yes. There's... uh... And I, I think I told you too that the uh, I'll wait till the song's over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah they're, they're definitely going to uh, they're, they're definitely going to uh, with that without a doubt, man. They're, they're going to have those people. Uh, they're going to have those people. Uh, dead, dead people and illegals. That's what I always yes. happens. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.